0: everyone and a warm welcome to season three of fail and grow fail and grow has from season three and this episode a new niche we will talk about operational excellence and that is to say everything regarding to revenue acceleration sales and buyer enablement and customer experience. So more or less everything that smoothens your operation and increase your revenue and profits. And I'm of course, super excited about this. There is so much experience and knowledge out there to learn from. And Fail and Grow is powered by VeloxQ, the company I'm a co-founder to. Uh, And VeloxQ is your next generation CPQ tool, seamlessly integrated with your favorite CRM and the rest of your ecosystem. So in this, the very first episode of season three of Fail and Grow, I'm thrilled to have Michelle Fee Mayer as my guest today. And Michelle has the past two and a half years successfully built a digital sales apartment at the telecom company, Till 2 And I also uh, found out or sneaked out, or maybe I should say, that you're one of the <laughs> top 10 winners from the telecom media industry in Nova 111 or maybe 111. Winner Talent Constellation Programme. I got it right? That's totally right.
1: <laughs> nice to meet you today, Emma.
0: <laughs> Nice to meet you. It's uh, so great to, to have you. And please could you just uh, a quick uh, background check on you? What, what have you been working with and what are you passionate about uh, at this moment?
1: For sure. So um, maybe we start uh, five years ago when I actually moved to Sweden because I'm not from Sweden, which is maybe also the reason we're speaking English today. I'm, <laughs> I'm from Germany. Um, and um, yeah, I kind of moved my life to Sweden in a, a bit of a hunch and thought that I'll do a, you know, an MBA program and, and, and studies and more. So And then I you know spent two years uh, in Stockholm and fell in love with the city and you know, found a f- sambo, got a dog, all the, the kind of Get stuff, a dog. You know? What
0: kind of dog? I have two. What kind of dog do you have? I have a. We can also make this a
1: dog podcast, but. We could. <laughs> we could. <laughs>
0: uh, I have a Japanese spitz A
1: little white oh. one. She's six months old. so Very yeah. cute.
0: Okay. What so you ended up in Stockholm. Uh, I, I have uh, one beagle and one mix um, uh, Labrador and uh, Spanish uh, Spaniel, or what do you say in English? Uh, Harry and Rutger.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> super super cute um yeah so so stockholm and and then i found you know job found tele2 where i stayed uh, for almost four years now um and only recently moved jobs but yeah if we stay with tele2 i have been uh, in a couple of different roles started as a management trainee for the cfo and then ended up in the b2b sales department building a new digital sales team hmm. um so that was super fun. And I think we're probably going to talk a bit more about that in a second. Definitely. <laughs> but- definitely.
0: Will you, but- would you like to uh, mention your new company as well?
1: Absolutely. So today I'm actually the CEO of a SaaS company called Wintergarden.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We are in the HR tech space, uh, meaning we work with um, mostly large companies, actually, uh, building um, their talent attraction journey. So Wintergarden mm-hmm. is a platform. That you can connect to all of your, you know, employer branding touch points you have, like your social media, your career fairs, everything, uh, and make sure that you feed warm talent leads into your recruitment system.
0: Wow, interesting. Yeah. And a quite competitive niche as well. What's uh, what's your ICP and uh, uh, why should them buy from you guys? Uh, well, I think we're working out our um new ICP at the
1: moment. We have been very focused on very large companies, and you see that in our in our current customer base. But we also want to, you know, move towards the SME market because I think there's a lot of companies out there that struggle to find the right talent. And our software is really simple to connect to your recruitment system uh and you can um you know nurture and engage all the talent leads out there so mm. if we're you know take it to the next level we're hopefully going to be the new HubSpot uh in wow. the hr world so that's our ambition
0: wow really looking forward to follow that journey and i love uh, uh setting those high goals <laughs> uh, otherwise I, I mean, myself isn't inspired. And I know that there's a lot of people thinking like you and I out there. So you, how for long have you been there now? Exactly. I haven't been there for long.
1: I started in October, so it's October. been four months now. So it, it feels like a lifetime. I've been, uh, <laughs> yeah. I've been really immersed into a new industry coming from telco and now HR and HR tech, but so far so good. I'm really, really happy with the team and the product. And the customers are amazing.
0: Wow, we shouldn't talk about that a lot today, <laughs> but what is your uh, biggest challenge for 2022?
1: Mm, so this is really the year we want to grow. Uh, mm. So I think it's all about, okay, how can you achieve growth? How can you achieve profitable growth? Uh, what kind of levers do we have to you know, pull in order to make that happen? And I'm also exploring and experimenting with all kind of you know, brand awareness and marketing channels. I think B2B mm, marketing is, mm. is tough. Uh, mm. So I think that's like a challenge, but it's a good challenge. So I'm really excited about that.
0: Mm, definitely. Okay, super mm-hmm. interesting. Well, uh, thank you for sharing your background. And now I'm super curious about what you prefer to have in your glass during and after work. Right. So I have to say, I mean, it's a, you, say,
1: you say drink, right? Mm. But my preferred after work liquid in a glass is definitely a good German beer. Mm. so i have to admit I... that that's the best you know especially when it's warm in the summer we can dream a bit now you know january snow outside and you yeah. sit outside uh the sun is setting i have tea beer. in my
0: cup for the moment <laughs> <laughs> because it's so cold <laughs> coffee here with coffee. a bear cup and a forest on... <laughs> <laughs> love it yeah. yeah i'm longing for that uh, hot uh, hot warm uh, sunny summer days with a cold beer, I guess, in my hand. With a right? cold beer, for me, definitely. I can Is also this... do a gin tonic if we, if we talk drinks. That's fine, if too. Yeah. <laughs> it, it seems like more or less everyone can go for the gin tonic. So whenever in doubt, or if someone listening to this, going for a date, maybe this evening, then go for a gin tonic if you're insecure. But more or less everyone, <laughs> at least past 25, seems to like a gin and tonic.
1: <laughs> definitely, and spice it up with a bit of black pe- pepper. I think that's always good,
0: so... I agree. I agree. Okay. <laughs> thank you for that. And I'm also, uh, if you don't mind me asking, very curious about your funniest work related uh, fuck up that you want to share with us today.
1: Yeah. I think there's a few, but there's I think there's a few. The
0: main, the main <laughs> fuck up that is that
1: is actually you know like easy to t- tell a story about it was mm-hmm. i think it was my second day as a you know little management trainee uh, coming into the big corporate uh, working for you know a very serious group cfo uh, so we were working on the <laughs> on the quarterly reporting you know so mm-hmm. there's a couple of you know things that have to get in place and there's different departments that have to feed in into these reporting decks and i was responsible for getting everything together right so I worked with the legal counsel on, on something and she sent me an email. So I'm like, yeah, Michelle, can you, can you talk to the person in HR and request this material? You know, she's always a bit slow, so better it in time. <laughs> <laughs> and I managed to click on the forward button and I sent that oh, to that no. person
0: in HR. <laughs> oh, that's just such a cl- uh, classic that's mistake a classic, everyone have right? done it. And you know, when right? you're sitting there, it's like, no, come back come back please come back
1: <laughs> and you're like can I delete it can I like I don't know hack into the computer and like you know be faster than her but it was too late but you know it was you could you could, you could blame it on me it was my second day and you know they got over it so at least they are now very you know honest with what they think
0: about each other so At least maybe you uh, help them open up the culture, being more transparent. (laughs) Exactly. Posing clear requirements on each other and, you know. (laughs) Okay. Well, I'm glad that just, uh, that didn't go that bad for you, that it ended up. And no one, uh, hopefully no one got that very hurt, uh, at least.
1: I think it was fine.
0: I think it was, you know,
1: a a funny little story that you can talk about two years later. In that moment, it's kind of bad.
0: (laughs) Definitely, definitely. I totally <laughs> agree with you. Well, thank you so much for sharing, Michelle. And now we're going to walk in through this um, uh, operational excellence niche of uh, today. And uh, we are going to learn uh, or maybe just hear about your learnings from building a digital sales department at Tilly2 from zero to 200. Was it, uh, I guess, million Swedish sick? Correct. Yes. Correct. Uh, in turnover. Uh, during just two years Mm -hmm. so uh, and I'm also uh, when I tried to do some background information about this, you managed to increase the order intake by 300% and a very strong results with performance over 200% versus targets. I mean, that's super impressive. So where did you start and what was the goal? And where, where do we begin in this story? <laughs> we start with a beginning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's good. But but yeah, it was a, it was a crazy
1: journey. Mm. Well, I think back... Um, when I started that project, I was um, was working closely with our VP, you could say, for the B two B area within Teller2. Mm. and uh, there had been this vision and talk about you know, creating this really strong inside sales team, but there was never there was a lot of talk, and then the talk didn't really get put into an actual project. So mm. when I was looking for my next step within the company, it was kind of like. Okay, let's just take this idea and put that into a project and actually make it happen. I tend to be a person who wants to make, you know, make stuff happen. So I don't really talk about projects. I, I talk about the, the results. And then I also ask myself the question: okay, so now I got this project, I got assigned to it. What, what do I do next? And for me, the best thing was actually to look into other companies, how they have done it, and copy with pride. So, which
0: um, company did you uh, look at, if you want to share, or maybe that's that's a secret? No, I can definitely share that. I think that's that's totally fine. But you
1: know, I did a little bit <laughs> of research online. Uh, mm. I found some good examples there, but then mm. I also established contact with uh, both uh, Vodafone and um, Facebook. Mm. So, mm-hmm. I went to Dublin uh, and met with them and looked into are digital sales hubs and how they have set them up at that time we called it still inside sales i think today we call we call it digital sales that it was super, super helpful for me to see it in action and meet all the account managers and mm. also compare that with the experiences they have with the field sales staff and how it's different uh, to really, you know, create a different animal and also make sure that we think about that operational excellence that you're talking about. How do you create processes that are smart
0: and actually work for people? Mm. So that's, that's really where I started. You started. I love that you actually went to, went to those offices, had the possibility to do that and got the resources also, I mean both um, well, a bit of economic right, but definitely in time to go there to see it, to feel it, to talk with the people actually doing it. Very interesting. Okay, so then you got back home and you, you started. Where did you, Where did you then continue your process? I went back to the
1: drawing board. And I went mm-hmm. back to my PowerPoint, you know, where I had all my yeah. information stored. And, you know, there's some assumptions I made that are maybe that weren't so relevant anymore at that point because I made a few learnings. So I went back and, you know, changed things and reiterated. And I think the next part for me was to understand, okay, like, I know, like, what the people need, but now I have to find my people that I need. I have to find a couple of stars that help me get this project off the ground. So Mm -hmm. um, I actually looked internally for people Mm -hmm. that had experience with the product, with the sales process and the customers. Um, Mm -hmm. So I recruited from my colleagues internally two people. And added one um, one uh, girl to the mix who was straight from university. Who was a mm-hmm. bit younger and had this really like you know digital experience. Mm. And I think that was a really good combination. So we started off with me and, and three people. So quite modest team size. Um, Truly, yes. Mm. <laughs> and I think then we we did a bit of trial and error. We, we tested a couple of you know approaches. How to you know both farm existing clients but also how to get in touch with new customers because we were a hybrid organization at that point and mm. also tested out a couple of tools like which kind of tools make our work life easier and more efficient and faster so i think that, that was kind of where we
0: were in What that kind of like tool early. uh where was it that you tried out was it mm. specific um, uh, I mean, I mentioned the brands or what kind of tools itself that you actually saw that the other other companies used successfully and you wanted to try to implement in your organization?
1: Definitely. So I think that we looked at, especially at Vodafone's uh, digital sales process and looked at their ecosystem. Like, uh, And I think they had a really good way of approaching it, uh, connecting the sales teams mm. directly to marketing, something which was like three years ago when this happened, not self-understanding. Today, we live in a world where we talk about, you know, leads uh, coming from marketing into sales and everything is harmonized. But back then, it wasn't really like so super clear. So so we would mm. start with the marketing area, actually. Mm. And at that point, we didn't have marketing automation for the B2B side at Teletoo. So that okay. was the first sort of tool we looked into. Mm. Um, mm. And that's, of course, maybe a a longer term project. So that was actually became its own project as a result mm. of this.
0: Yeah, I um, can really see that, yes. I've been yeah. with implementing several marketing automation system. I know that's the project itself, uh, definitely. Exactly. It's not as uh, tough as it is as a, to change the ERP system, but it's quite close because it's so it's many processes. And, uh, I would actually say, Maybe still today, not that much knowledge about it. Of course, I mean marketing automation, demand inbound, everything has just bloomed. Definitely, exactly. but to to being able to to increase the collaboration between sales and marketing and product, everything. I mean, you know, you know what a headache it is. Everyone out there know what headache it is.
1: Yeah, and especially when it comes to the ownership. I think that that's like system is one thing, but then the ownership and the conversion is, is another thing. But that's, then that's that, that is, I think, where we started, but we mm. turned it into a separate project. Yeah. Uh, but then there were a couple of, you know, sales enablement tools that I think were mm. really helpful in the process. And uh, one part is, of course, um, increasing our awareness, not only for our corporate brand, but also for our personal brand. So mm. we turned to LinkedIn, uh, and we worked a lot with uh, both the you know, sales navigator application, but also LinkedIn as a, as a network to actually show people that we exist and how they can mm-hmm. get, get in touch with us. And that proved to be really successful. And so like, yeah, uh, you,
0: you try to be thought leaders within what or, or could you talk a little bit more about what you actually did at LinkedIn? For sure. So uh, I think that we
1: all looked into our areas where we have expertise in our areas where we have a passion Mm-hmm. Um, and for my account managers and the team, the senior account managers, I mean, their biggest expertise is sales, right? So right. they became thought leaders in sales and technical sales, like telecom, and, and gave advice and like uh, produced content around that. I think, mm-hmm. for my part, it was more about my my personal brand and like also why I chose Tele2 as an employer at that point. So more from an employer branding perspective, which later on helped me a lot to grow the team because I got a lot of good talent leads through that network. Interesting, yeah. So that was one part. And then like when we move forward in the sales process, I think the next part um, there you could have like tools like Vino or Guava that help you actually Definitely. get better data on your prospect base and even on your existing customer base and get those triggers when is it a good time to to buy in the telecom industry, I mean, that's also quite straightforward, you know, think of a company opens another office location, that's pretty, you know, it's pretty urgent to call and see if we can (laughs) help them with some internet (laughs) connection, even mobile phones. (laughs)
0: but you had a quite clear icp already when you started was it dedicated from till two that these are the kind of companies you are uh, targeting or because from my experience using using uh, um, vinyl itself and uh, and or guava is also a very good tool but you have to know a little bit about your icp did you know that by then what icp you actually had or were you dedicated to some vertical or something uh, we weren't dedicated to a vertical,
1: so that was a pretty like open field, but we were mm. quite um, clear in terms of the size of the companies. Um, mm. So that's at least a starting point, because also when you have such a big sales organization like tele with over 100 salespeople, you need to have your, you know, definitely, <laughs> you need to have <laughs> <Definitely>. your <laughs> territory uh, management in place. Um, yeah. So. But I think that we could have also been a bit more targeted. Uh, I think, you know, in hindsight, maybe there are some better approaches, you know, running Mm. campaigns for companies in a specific region or in a specific vertical. So I think that our ICP was there, but it wasn't super sharp because also in that kind of industry, everyone needs, uh, I mean, mobile and fixed connections. So everyone is potentially Mm. your customer. So, yeah, but um, definitely learning to maybe take it in steps there, you know.
0: Mm, okay. And the goal, I, maybe I should start with this question, I was a little <laughs> bit embarrassed, but but the goal with this digital sales department or hub that you it, it sounds like you, you called it in the beginning. Uh, what was the goal with that? I mean, how did you measure that this project was successful? Uh, sorry, sorry, listeners, I, of course, <laughs> should have asked this question from the beginning. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I've been away for holidays too long, obvious.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, we save it for now, so that's that's no, no problem. But I think the main goal was to actually achieve operational excellence. I have a well-functioning sales machinery where our mm. customers feel taken care of and where they meet expert advisors. Um, okay. So I think that that's like creating that central hub or or function where where you can just call in, you're gonna reach your personal account manager, but, but you don't have to go through all the leaps of setting up a physical meeting and mm. and you know so And I think we saw that, especially in the medium segment where where we have companies that are not super big, but also not super small, they have quite complex needs. So Mm. they really need to have that expert advisor, but they don't necessarily have to meet their account manager all the time. Uh, They don't have to have, you know, three-hour meetings. It can be just a quick phone call, Mm. but just enabling that was really the goal for us to, to have this, like dedicated function that makes sure that these
0: customers are taken care of that we keep them and that we take in new ones very interesting okay and then you are growing obviously quite quickly what did you find out was the essential things to have in place that maybe you have learned from the other organizations you have started and tried to implement at yours uh, and maybe I mean halfway in the journey what would you say okay this was crucial for us to have
1: I think definitely, you know, cutting out the the software and the systems that you need uh, at which part in your process and visualizing that Mm. and also dedicating ownership to it, Uh, Mm. like who's owning the system and also who's owning the output. Who's owning your marketing qualified leads? uh, Who's taking over the sales qualified leads? What kind of SLAs do you have on this interaction? um, And how does it then flow into your CRM system? And how does it become, how do your leads become a customer? At every step of that process have, you know, cut out which which system and which person manages that, especially in a large organization. Uh, I think if you just procure something and you don't, connected and you don't have ownership it can go like really wrong and it can just be basically another item on your uh on your cost list you know so Mm -hmm. so i think that was really important but also super crucial to have those internal stars that in some areas know more than me and can really push this to give it the first push get over you know the first quarter results so you get that buy-in from your organization and get more investment and get support for your idea Mm. so people and systems
0: people (laughs) and system (laughs) and how do you did you have like a separate subculture because it you it sounds a little bit like a startup within the big uh, enterprise company or how did you like manage to get everyone on board on the same ship here and wrote together <laughs> like I almost said like Vikings but obviously I've seen too much of <laughs> Viking series lately but I, I think you understand what I mean because I, to have that rapid growth even though you, of course you have a big resource and a good brand behind you as Tila too but how did you manage this I think that you have a good question there because um, the culture is so important
1: especially if you want to get those like people on board that maybe Tele2 didn't have on a big scale as a competence in-house. So we recruited a lot of people and we had to be attractive as an employer. We had to give them opportunities to grow, uh, but also offer uh, you know, a digital workplace where things are connected and they just, you know, they function and the culture that's fun. So I would definitely agree that we created a subculture. I think that we had like a lot of, um, you know, <laughs> fun we had a you know we, we
0: had a you didn't dare young... to say it you had a lot of fun <laughs> <laughs> remember it Honestly. is enough to work this so if you want <laughs> to mention <laughs> something it's okay Yes, feel free
1: <laughs> i think most of the time we actually sat behind our screens but we still had a lot of fun we had like our digital christmas party you know the ugly christmas sweater, everything <laughs> uh, we went That's all it. in on that um but but I would say also on average, people were much, much younger than the rest of the organization. And mm. I think with a subculture, one part is really good. Like you you need to create that spirit of the, yes, we do. We are the challenger in the organization and mm. we, we need to reach that big goal. But on the other hand, you're also, of course, creating you know boundaries to the rest of the organization that maybe mm. hinder collaboration. Mm. So if I think back, you know, you think of fail and grow or fail and learn i mm. think it could have been smart you know to find a way to build more bridges and and create yeah. also more um more support uh, from you know the the veteran salespeople that you have in the organization mm. um because i think they have so much you know knowledge and resource that we could have needed at that point and mm. i was a bit hard i think to balance the two
0: oh, i can really see that tricky tricky balance definitely and if you were to do the same journey again, or maybe what you are extra keen on building your, your new company, yeah, uh, what would that be? I mean, one, two, three things that you think the audience ought to hear, might hear, like to hear. <laughs> Definitely. So I think Uh, One thing that I'm doing right now, coming
1: especially into a new industry, HR tech, talent attraction, it's so new for me. I Mm. I try to meet a lot of people from different organizations. I have a lot of like digital ficas and Mm. before it became, you know, worse with Omicron, a lot of, uh, you know, face to face meetings as well to just get Mm. some ideas what are their pain points? Also, how are they handling things internally? Mm-hmm. Now, for my current challenge, we talk about employer branding and talent attraction. And I think I could have definitely done even more of that uh, on my first journey.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and also, I think when I was at Teletua, I was quite sort of keen on just running and that kind of person, like I get a goal, and <laughs> you run towards it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know- she sometimes feels familiar. <laughs> 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 but sometimes you also need to stop pause and reflect on observe mm. and i'm trying to sometimes right now take a backseat and listen to the people uh, a bit more that have been with this project and with my current company longer time mm. uh, in winter garden and and just see observe and like understand their reasoning even if i maybe don't agree just you know take a moment take it in and then maybe answer the next day and see what i learned
0: from it Observation skills. <laughs> Observation skills. I love that. And talking about uh, operational excellence, was there something that surprised you during the process, building these processes, optimizing these processes?
1: I think we always picture big companies as everything is already laid out. You know, it's 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 just working because that's how the customer perceives it but I think you sometimes are surprised how many things are like stitched together in the backend. Yeah. And maybe, you know, I, I felt like I was kind of trying to solve all those like manual stitches along the way. I don't mm. think that you can solve all of them. So sometimes maybe you just have to accept how things are. But yeah. I think that's the, the IT stack is always a bit of a surprise, <laughs> especially if a company has undergone yes. a lot of mergers and acquisitions. So
0: mm. Yeah, I didn't expect that. Uh, me as a <laughs> te- technical supplier myself, it's, it is. We have just, um, we signed a very big uh, customer uh, yesterday, actually. And when they showed us their, thank you. Uh, we are <laughs> we should just be grateful that they believe in us and, and, and show us faith. But when they, when they showed us all the system that they use today, uh, and I mean, I've been within SAS for ten years. It's not a lifetime, but it's quite quite some time. I would yeah. I would say, uh, with the background of ERP and CRM and everything. I mean, I was like, oh wow, <laughs> <laughs> and it was a little bit of the same of the story. There've been acquisitions, uh, different countries, and um, different IT consultants and everything. So this is uh, this is a tricky part, uh, definitely. Do you have some advice uh, from your experience that you want to share with the audience, maybe? regarding this um that's that's a tough one but I think like I mean pick your battles I think that's mm.
1: important like which areas do you really need to tackle to make your vision work and to make your operations be scalable right mm. and which areas can you just accept as they are currently so I think I, I felt almost a bit you know over exhausted I don't want to say Burn out because that's a very strong word but I was very very, very on edge for a while because I felt mm. like there's too many fires to put out there's too many things I wanted to get you know involved in and and you mm. can't you, you sometimes need to you know just pick your priorities especially when it comes to to creating that system flow like you
0: can't be everywhere mm. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Always the focus. You you, um, you always come back to the focusing part. You do. <laughs> so tricky. You so always tricky. have a too long to-do list, you know, you start. With yeah. that. <laughs> uh, I have uh, maybe not the final, but I hope yeah. uh, maybe a final one, but you talked a little bit about ownership would you share a little bit of your mind about uh, how how do you how do you do for people to take and to feel ownership and actually leverage the results uh, on different very important stuff i mean maybe it's an, an, a stupid question but i'm very curious about how you did it since it seems like one of your key success factors
1: i think that's a super important question especially in the times where we are right now i mean For the majority of this project, I mean, we have been working remote, uh, but Mm -hmm. also means remote leadership, and I think that is is a quite tough part, especially when your team grows. Mm -hmm. But what I always felt worked best for me is to be very humble um, and also be very transparent of like my passions, and it's not Mm -hmm. only work; it's also like I really want to make this work for us as a Mm -hmm. team, right? So you create this buy-in, and I think what drives people really is if you if they feel that they are seen and that their progress is also seen so i think Mm. i would you know have those check-in calls you know just 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 pick up the phone and see how they're doing Mm. Um, but before i would maybe you know log into our crm and you know saw that they just you know moved their their opportunity forward or actually just closed the deal you know and like even if it's Mm. you know a small one and on that scale you know you just celebrate those small successes and and compliment them of how good work they're actually doing. And I think that's a way to really create that kind of like intrinsic motivation for people to be a part of something bigger and to actually
0: contribute. Mm. Um, and, and I, I love being you know uh, sorry about being like yeah. prepared for that check-up yeah. call like yeah. uh, okay I'm gonna call Wilma now let's see what she's been up to the latest days hmm. is there some success we can celebrate together that we can talk about then I'll call and see uh, how is she <laughs> I exactly. love that people Easy, want but- to be seen yeah,
1: it's good. so simple mm. um but and I think what helped us in that project and I have that now also with Winter Garden, is like mm. you have a shared goal and it's very clear it's like it's growth or it, it could be profitability or, but have a shared goal and everyone works towards that goal because the worst thing that can happen is that it's not clear what you're working towards too. And then you just lose all your motivation. Um, but if you have that shared goal, I think people are motivated to contribute. If they, if they accept you as a leader and if they're happy and, and you can't, maybe you can't say happy, but if they're like feeling mentally, you know,
0: secure in your work mm. environment, that would be another episode i think mentally oh yeah secure. this is how you make your employees mentally <laughs> secure uh, because now it will be super tricky times i think uh, hopefully soon post pandemic <laughs> going back to that new era of hybrid work uh, how do you establish that but, but, but maybe for another Definitely. time <laughs> yeah <laughs> we do like. that next time. <laughs> <laughs> next time next time next uh, time we're gonna wrap up this super interesting topic today is there something yeah. you want to wrap it up with uh, regarding operational excellence revenue profit, profit whatever that <laughs> that, that you think suits uh, in this podcast oh wow that's a big question <laughs> 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 any last words basically yeah yeah
1: exactly no, I, th- I think that no matter in which kind of area you operate in now i mean mm-hmm. i went from big corporate to very small sauce company um the, the most important part is always to think first and then execute with a plan like already know like how is my ecosystem going to look like what type of competences do I need plan a little ahead and then be open and flexible to change along the way but I think without a plan it's not going to work out so that is, has been my uh, strategy so far and it worked out so far so I will continue to stick to it <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, thank you so much for sharing your uh, expertise on this area. Uh, very interesting. Uh, I hope also the audience has uh, picked up one or two cookies of this uh, so. <laughs> so they can bring into their organizations as well. Thank you very much. Now we're going to um, listen to a question from an earlier podcast guest that has recorded okay. it for you and uh, this person person is uh, Vladimir and he is a co-founder of uh, Full Funnel do you know about them? interesting brand researcher for Full Funnel have you heard about them before? i don't think so i need to check them out <laughs> yeah i think so they are uh, marketing agency experts within they call it full funnel demand generation marketing i mean okay. that buzzword is is just uh, wonderful i think for yeah. for, uh, <laughs> for b2b companies with long and uh, quite complex sales cycles so mm. i will try now with all the techniques and blah 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 to share this <laughs> with you <laughs> Hi, my name is Vladimir
1: Blagojevic from fullfunnel.io. How do you find a happy balance between, you know, running a company, having a family, uh, taking care of your health and yourself and uh, having time for maybe also for some social life? Wow, that's a a really good question. I I wish I had a good answer to this because I think... All our to-do lists are always too long. We don't have enough hours of the day. And if you're CEO of a small but growing company, uh, you also have a lot of hats. (laughs) You are Mm. your HR, CFO, and marketing department at once, basically. Um, You're slightly
0: schizophrenic.
1: Yes, uh, definitely. Um, I can actually be quite honest. I think that um, what I started this year, again, is counseling. Um, actually having someone to talk to that helps me, uh, sort out, you know, what are my must do's, what are optionals and nice to have to actually feel like I have a life and I have a balance and I have, you know, time for my partner, my little puppy, you know, like I don't have children yet, which probably makes things sometimes easier. Sometimes they also help you to take more time for yourself, I think, or take more time for your family. But I think that is something that helps me, you know, sometimes having those check-ins with someone that has nothing to do with my personal life that doesn't have an agenda, mm. but that actually just gives me advice and reflects together with me on my situation and says, hey, Michelle, you, you need to, you know, take a down a notch here or think about what do you really need for the next day? Mm. Um, and how can you create more time, quality time for yourself during, you know, the hours that you don't work and don't sit behind the screen?
0: Mm-hmm. Fantastic! Uh, I totally agree. Uh, I have a similar person in my life, and uh, our CEO just shared today, actually, at uh, LinkedIn or not today when this is going to be live, but then it was a week ago. He shared that he started uh, talking to someone to just help him, you know, sort sort all the thoughts that you have in your mind. So, yeah, kudos to you that you do it, and thank you for sharing. Uh, I think everyone should have one uh, talking to just, you know. Not someone in the family, not a friend, no one who will judge you, just to help you prioritize and uh, get tools for your everyday life. Uh, definitely. Exactly. Okay, wonderful. Uh, I'll thank our uh, sponsors. We have uh, Yada Yada, who edits every single episode. Uh, And of course, Story of You that helped us to, uh, I would say, uh, develop this uh, podcast niche actually also. So we are very grateful for them. And Michelle, I would like to ask you, who else do you think I should invite to the show who is a really kick-ass rock star within operational excellence? Is there someone Mm -hmm. that pops up your mind if I ask you this?
1: Well, I haven't asked her, but I'm pretty sure that she's up for it. Uh, I think you should talk to my former boss, uh, Jessica Levine is her name. She's currently Enterprise Sales Director at Telenor. Uh, And she's definitely a kick-ass lady uh, within the B2B space and has seen a lot of operations from the inside out and outside in. So I'm pretty sure you'd have a good time with her.
0: Uh, I would love to. yeah, you are so much welcome to this uh, podcast show. And uh, thank you for, for, for recommending her. She seems like a really interesting and uh, uh, experimental uh, person. Uh, very knowledgeable. Yeah, really. Thank you. <laughs> so if one would uh, like to get in contact with you, Michelle, how do you do? LinkedIn, definitely. Uh, I, I
1: don't like emails that much or text messages. Uh, so uh, if you want to reach me and uh, get in touch, do it over LinkedIn. Um, and the- sure.
0: Easiest, always easiest.
1: Definitely, definitely, uh,
0: mm-hmm. and always on as well. So. <laughs> so maybe you you are one of them who actually take care of your uh, inbox uh, at LinkedIn and that have like a good sort order or read them and answer properly as you should. I think that's a little bit tricky. It's like an extra channel where it's like oh no not that channel too or- well I, I'm
1: guilty of not having the best structure either but I, I will try my best so
0: <laughs> <laughs> I found it really simple to to get in contact with you and I hope uh, other people will uh, will too uh, and I'm so so grateful that you joined today and now we're gonna wrap everything off. Uh, imagine you we are sitting together in germany would be awesome in the sun uh, and the beer garden (laughs) and the beer garden uh, really nice Uh, and this songs come along at this after work and you get Mm -hmm. like wow what a good week and ended up with this song now i really feel terrific what song would that be
1: so I have, this, I have this motivational song that I used when I was uh, moderating a conference and uh, mm-hmm. that is High Hopes from Panic at the Disco.
0: Oh, love that it. always gets me going. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Well, uh, I say cheers with my, with my cup of tea. Oh yeah, uh, oh yeah. <laughs> to your coffee. Thank you so much for, for joining today and thank you for all your learnings and experience and a really, really nice chat with you. Thank you. So fun. Thank you. <laughs>